many of the smaller businesses have, you know, went into this thinking, okay, I can weather this. I'll just, you know, dump my life savings, uh, you know, but I'll keep myself afloat for the, the couple, you know, months that are going to be a struggle. And now fast forward, what they found is it's a lot longer and a lot more impactful and it's been much more problematic. That's Eric Larson, CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership and owner of Larson Realty Group, discussing the increasing concern about the long-term viability of downtown Detroit's retail stores and restaurants, given the reduced number of people working downtown, visiting downtown Detroit during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. I'm Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Crane's Detroit Business, and you're listening to the Detroit Rising Podcast. In this week's episode, I talked with Eric Larson about the increasing pain that downtown retailers, bars, and restaurants are feeling when having less than 20% of greater downtown Detroit's pre-pandemic workforce of 125,000 working in office buildings each day. Larson also discusses the uh, financial crimp that the DDP is feeling in the pandemic and how they are planning to operate the skating rink in Campus Marcius this winter with social distance between skaters. Stay tuned for the interview after the break. 2020 took a different path than we expected, but it definitely didn't slow our pace. Planet M has helped private and public entities work together to advance the future of mobility technology along a challenging course. Working together has been the key to staying on the right path. So whether you're just getting started or already an industry leader, Planet M is your connection to Michigan's mobility ecosystem and our future. If you're ready to make a move with your business, see how we can help at planetm.com slash pure hyphen partnership. Eric Larson, CEO of Downtown Detroit Partnership and uh, owner and CEO of Larson Realty Group. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the Detroit Rising podcast. Chad, it's great to be with you. And, you know, as always, uh, I'm sure will be a, a very insightful uh, on your side, maybe not on mine, um, but fun conversation. So um, get us up to speed on where are things right now in downtown Detroit as it relates to um, a general reopening or sort of the state of doing business and working in Detroit right now, downtown? Well, Chad, you know, as you and I've talked before, uh, and I just want to set a little bit of a, a, a tone coming into this pandemic and and ultimately the the overall sort of situation and challenges we find ourselves in. I mean, if you think back just a year ago, as we entered uh, 2020, we were at an all-time high. We were at an all-time high in investment, um, you know, throughout the greater downtown. Our population had grown by 54% um, uh, in the downtown and the greater downtown. We had rents that were is you know sort of high, uh, both office and residential rents um, that were as high as uh, we had seen in 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 you know in, in a couple decades. Um, we had a overall commercial real estate uh, portfolio in the downtown that uh, capped uh, 2.2 billion dollars, uh, which was an all-time high in terms of taxable value, market value. Uh, through the investments, um, and we were seeing a real, you know, return to not only activity in the downtown, but general interest and increased belief in in uh, in the comeback. And now, fast forward, you know, eight months, even though it feels like it's been eight years, um, eight months into this pandemic, um, with 
a couple months of shelter in place and now reduced capacity, um, we've seen, you know, thankfully the, the um, uh, occupancy levels uh, in the residential market have stayed fairly strong and the, and the growth in our residential population has stayed fairly constant, but our rents, uh, both retail and commercial, have dropped by over 10%. Um, our visitor base has dropped by over 55%. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, as you alluded to in, in, you know, in the opening question, many of the businesses, especially the larger uh, businesses that, you know, that uh, make up some of DD, you know, the downtown Detroit partnerships leadership board leadership have made the decision to continue this work from home or work remote. Uh, process well into uh, 2021, if not into the middle of the year. Uh, and so we probably have on a good day, anywhere from 15 to 20% of the work population coming into the office in the greater downtown. Uh, we probably, Chad, have, um, oh, uh, um, probably uh uh, at best, 50% capacity in most of the restaurants and bars, um, and yep. and um, and so, you know, it's definitely a, a different environment than we found ourselves at you know at the beginning of the year. I've had some people say to me, Detroit downtown looks like like uh, pre-bankruptcy uh, or maybe 2009, as far as number of people on the street. Um, out and about uh, just because there's so few people working downtown. When you say 15-20%, um, that's out of what was the pre-pandemic workforce? 50,000? Well, yeah, so Chad, if, if you remember, we had dropped to about 65,000 um, you know, at our sort of low um, and we had, okay. great, we had made our way back up to about 85 to 90,000 depending on sort of where you draw the borders in, in the, in the, in the downtown. Uh, sure. and it was closer to 125 to 140,000 in the greater downtown, again, depending on where exactly we draw the borders. Um, so we had, we had made great, great strides and great gains, but you know, as you can tell from 15 to 20% uh, occupancy levels, that's, um, that does have an impact on, on the way, you know, the, the, the streets feel, the way the downtown operates. And, um, you know, the flip side, Chad, is we've seen in the warm, we had a, we had an incredible pure Michigan summer. I mean, thankfully, uh, as challenging as uh, all this has been, we had a really, a really spectacular summer and from a weather perspective. And so, you know, a number of people took advantage of the public spaces. Uh, the Riverfront uh, Conservancy saw a 200% increase in in activity along the riverfront. Our, you know, the seven parks and public spaces we operate saw similar kinds of increase in activity. MoGo saw all-time record ridership. So people were definitely getting out and about. Uh, they just weren't going into the office. Yeah, or, or necessarily always going into restaurants or retail stores as well. That's right. Um, kind of moving forward, how do these uh, retailers and restaurants survive at these type of of levels if if just 15 percent of quicken or or even maybe less than that of of gm's workforce uh is coming downtown to work every day you know chad i think it's really interesting um uh this this pandemic has been unlike 
obviously anything I've seen in my lifetime, but um, it's been unlike anything that we've had to prepare for as, as you know, everybody sort of recognized the slow and methodic decline uh, pre-bankruptcy. Um, this one, you know, we went into thinking this was sort of a two, three, maybe four month uh you know situation and and before we knew it we'd be back uh sort of maybe not at 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 pre-pandemic levels but we'd be back to to a bit of normalcy and um what has happened is it's not only continued to extend out eight months but you know it looks like for all you know as far as my crystal ball you know as clear as it is looks like it's going to be you know well into early next year um, and so uh, many of the smaller businesses have, you know, went into this thinking, okay, I can weather this. I'll just, you know, dump my life savings, uh, you know, but I'll keep myself afloat for the, the couple, you know, months that are going to be a struggle. And now fast forward, what they found is it's a lot longer and a lot more impactful and it's been much more problematic. I mean, the, the national stats, Chad, I think as you and I have talked, um, you know, are that, you know, 70%, as much as 70% of the single um, location retailers, so which are the smaller, um, you know, mom and pop and, and, and uh, both restaurant and store owners, um, you know, w- will never open again. And um, that represents 7% of our workforce. And so if you equate that to the city of Detroit, um, you know, it has huge impact, especially since we were very much an entrepreneurial economy when it came to a lot of the, the stores and, and bars and restaurants. These aren't you know ma- major national chains that necessarily have a little bit more depth to weather this kind of a, a storm. And so I think I think um, it's been very impactful. There's been a lot of creativity, um, both by the by the public sector and our, you know, our our leadership at the administration within the city, as well as many of us that are trying to help um, the communities that we work in. Uh, obviously, the good weather allowed for many restaurants and 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 retailers to expand their their services outdoors, um, either through pop-ups or through expanded footprints. You know, Park uh, Restaurant, which sits in the middle of Campus Marshes Park in the center of Detroit, is a good example where we were able to extend their their footprint, Chad, into the park, um, doubling mm-hmm. their space and allowing them to regain some of that revenue loss. Um, but not everybody was able to do that and had that experience. And so um, it's been extremely challenging. Our best projections are this is a two-year recovery um, once we really come out of this and, and start moving forward. But I also think, you know, I give, I give uh, the community, the Detroit community and, and you know, those that, that, that are really helping guide us as we move into the future and the Downtown Detroit Partnership likes to think of itself as being at that, ta- at that table, uh, some credit because um, we're using technology. There's a new platform uh, that one of uh, the associates out of Dan Gilbert's uh, team came up with called uh, Plain Sight, which you know is uh, allowing people to you know understand what they're going to expect when they get to a retailer. They can book ahead. They can you know purchase ahead. Same with you know restaurants. Um, we're looking at very creative ways in the winter months to keep a level of activity, whether it's through the ice rink that generates you know well over a couple hundred thousand people 
um, you know, into the market that hopefully have spinoff benefit on the businesses and restaurants. Um, we're looking at creative ways to set up outdoor tents with, you know, a proper air exchange and heating. So there's a lot of, a lot of effort and thought going into how to help them survive. But at the end of the day, Chad, it, it is, it, it would be irresponsible to suggest it's anything but very, very, very challenging and very impactful to a lot of people's lives and livelihoods. Is the, is the uh, ice rink coming back this, this winter? The ice rink is coming back this winter. We obviously, like many of the other big celebrations, um, are having to uh, do more of that virtually. Uh, we have also changed the way that we're going to operate the ice rink, which, quite frankly, Chad, uh, a lot of this, and we've we've seen this in other parts of you know, our economy, uh, may may hold you know stick uh, you know well into the future. But we're going to do uh, through technology the pre-registration and booking of you know skate times and skate rentals uh, so we don't have the lining up and queuing uh, issues that we had we're going to expand obviously the service areas so that we can space people out um, and, and 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 you know make sure we're properly socially distancing mm -hmm. um, and all that but yes the ice rink uh, will come back um, we are you know working hard to find ways to bring back you know, some of the pop-up stores uh, that we talked about. Um, we obviously had um, uh, what I think was a very important and robust uh, Black Entrepreneurs Day um, that, you know, we were very focused on continuing to support. We're looking at, you know, as many of these office buildings and their common areas are not, are underutilized because the, the, the office tenants aren't there. Can we use some of that space, you know, that becomes climate controlled in a re, in a responsible way to have pop-ups. So lots of unique ideas um, are coming out of out of this uh, out of this effort. Were you guys able to sell the uh, right naming rights to the, to the rink again? I think last year Frank and Move Visitors Bureau had their name on it. You know, Chad, you always you know cut right to it don't you um so that that is a great example um yeah painful but a great example of one of the the challenges the downtown detroit partnership has had to overcome um our i would estimate our funding uh, and, and often some of that is through those kinds of naming sponsorship opportunities has been impacted by um, you know in excess of a million dollars um, mm -hmm. obviously the ice rink doesn't make up a million dollar sponsorship um, but Frankenmuth uh, partly because the uncertainty with the pure Michigan campaign which is a, a part of their 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 marketing budget and funding um, but also just because of the the in uh, the uncertainty of what the season was going to look like and how many people would actually be moving about uh, they they were you know very very disappointed but felt that it would be uh, uh, irresponsible to to uh, to exercise their renewal option. Uh, yeah. I I have every expectation that we're going to continue to have them as a great partner and we'll get through this and they'll be back in some significant way. But um, we do not have a sponsor right now, and um, you know I would encourage anybody that wants to support. The public spaces, which are Detroit's public spaces, these aren't DDP's public spaces or, or a private, privately you know owned or operated. These are the city of Detroit public spaces. If they want to support it, you know, please reach out to me. <laughs> this year, Michigan businesses have had to adapt, and the Michigan Economic Development Corporation was right there alongside them, 
helping to connect businesses to new resources, meet new partners, and access the additional capital they needed right from the start. If your business needs support to reach its new potential, the MEDC is available to help in any way we can. Contact us today for customized business assistance at michiganbusiness.org slash partnership. Well, um, I, yeah, I do ask the right questions, I guess. Um, one one thing that I a year ago, I thought it was amazing that you got that sponsorship. I just thought that, wow, wh- wh- how far has Detroit come here that the uh, tourism bureau in Frankenmuth is 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 getting the naming rights to a to a downtown uh, outdoor skating rink. Um, I mean that just that just really speaks to how the brand of Detroit uh, really does carry uh, pretty far and wide now and is much more well regarded than it was maybe a decade ago. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Chad. And it's really interesting. Um, not only do I think it represents the the confidence and quality and consistency of the Detroit brand. And a lot of that is the leadership that we have in place. Um, there, there is nothing more important than the consistency in and quality of leadership, both at the state and at the local level. And, and you know, you and I have lived through a lot of different administrations and have seen a lot of different uh, approaches to governing. And, you know, this has obviously been a stretch where we have had, you know, really very, very focused, very dedicated, and very deliberate uh, actions on our public sector side. Uh, But also, I think the other thing that it really represented to me was an increasing recognition of the importance that we're all in this, you know, this, now I'm going to say something that is a pandemic, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, reaction, but, you know, we really are as a state all in this together. And for a long time, you know, the, the, the city of Detroit sort of fought uh, by itself. And, you know, you think about, you know, the battles between Coleman and, and, uh, um, and, you know, uh, um, uh, Oakland County and, and John Engler and John Engler and Patterson. And, and we, you know, Chad, you've reported about this. I mean, you've really focused on this. You know, we really have come a long way in, in realizing you know, we only compete and we only grow and we only succeed if we're drawing on all the resources and assets of, of our state and our region. And um, I think that to me is part of what this rec- recognized as well. So, yeah, uh, going forward, you're looking for a new sponsor. If you can if you can pull it off, you are going to have a smaller or, or, or less crowded uh, skate, skate, skating operation. Uh, which I know a lot of people look forward to, including uh, my daughter, um, and and that's just kind of part of the reality you're going to have to deal with. Uh, um, I think there's a lot of people out there that are pretty concerned that a lot of these retailers won't be, ba- you know, just won't be here uh, by next May, basically, um, if uh, if we can get through this winter and such, but. That that does seem to be, if I'm hearing you correctly, that is a real a real on the ground concern too. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge concern of mine personally. It's a huge concern of the downtown Detroit partnership and our our board leadership. And I know it's a, a significant you know focus and concern of you know the city and and many of you know the the, the business leaders. Um, I am a little bit encouraged, um, not because it takes any less sting away from the very real pain that so many 
you know, families and, and business operators are feeling. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the commitment that TCF has made in a billion dollar fund, the commitment that Huntington has made over five years in a $5 billion fund, the commitment that, uh, that Chase has announced in, in their small business, you know, focus, all of those things I think are going to, you know, we got to figure out what the delivery mechanism and how they're actually going to be de deployed. But I, I am encouraged. I'm encouraged with the conversations that I have with, you know, council members like Scott Benson and, and McAllister, you know, in the districts and how they're responding. Um, uh, I, I, I give Detroit, um, you know, better uh, you know, opportunity to, to see our way through this than most because we've been through it, Chad. I mean, this is a, as I didn't think we'd be back at this again. Um, for sure didn't think we'd be back, you know, feeling, you know, sort of how we felt, you know, pre-bankruptcy. Um, but I do think we have a resiliency. We have, um, you know, we've learned a lot over the years. The fact that the city has been through post-bankruptcy been able to um, increase the city's credit rating four times um, since bankruptcy and the fact that we can borrow at reasonable rates, uh, the fact that we can borrow at all, but the fact that you know we can borrow at reasonable rates, I think, I think um, we're in a much better position as a city and as a community to survive this. Um, that isn't taking away, as I said, any of the real damage and 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 uh, and and you know carnage that this, this will leave in its wake but i do think we will be very creative and very supportive uh, foundations are stepping up in unique ways i think the other thing chad quite honestly um as important as it is for the businesses to recover i think you know one of the bigger issues that we're going to face is is the both the the mental and societal impact that this pandemic you know will have caused i think we're going to have to spend a lot more time we actually at the downtown detroit, detroit partnership are doing a lot with our ambassadors for mental health training we're working very closely with many of the shelters in dpd we're working on deploying a, a kiosk system that will allow access to those kinds of uh, mental health and human service resources um, uh, I think that's going to be one that, you know, as, as hard as it is for some of these businesses to survive and get through, I think many individuals are also going to require a lot of attention and, and we're, we're going to need to find ways to be there for them. Yeah, we don't really have a full sense of the long-term impact this, this pandemic is going to have on our society or way of life. And to your point about things you didn't expect to happen, uh, today we were recording uh, this podcast on uh, Monday, the 26th of October, and Detroit Public Schools is emerging from state oversight for the first time since 2009, which is something that, uh, for financial oversight, uh, something that a lot of people who have watched the school district for many years probably did not expect either. No, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, we have, again, Chad, you, you have been you know, very focused on this and much of the reporting, you know, that you do, but through Cranes and, you know, the fact that, you know, the importance of K through 12, the importance of the Detroit public school system, um, you know, not only having local rule, which, you know, is, is what, you know, 
we all uh, expect. Um, but I also think, yeah, again, like we said earlier, that's an indication of uh, the kind of um, you know the, the kind of leadership not only that is you know yeah you know coming from from Dr. Vitti's uh, um, you know uh, leadership, but also you know the the way that he, the school district and the administration, and then ultimately the state are working together. I mean, I think it was very important that um, you know you can you can you have your differences in each political party and each administration, but I think it was very important to you know to have the governor that we had when we were going through bankruptcy, who really believed in an urban agenda, even though it was a Republican administration, and the mayor that we had in Detroit, really being able to work cross aisle and understand the politics of getting something done and the, and the discipline. And now, fast forward, we've got you know Democratic administration in Lansing, and and an, obviously a Democratic administration in in uh, um, you know in 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 Detroit always. Um, and I think we'll see the fruits of that. I also am am interested um, in the outcome of next Tuesday's election. I think you know uh, if. Uh, you know, if Vice President Biden becomes President Biden, um, be given the, the strength of the relationship with our mayor and the focus of his work during the auto, you know, uh, um, uh, restructuring, uh, I'm hopeful that, you know, Detroit could be a beneficiary of an, uh, a federal administration that realizes the need to, to keep it going. Yeah, that relationship between Joe Biden and, and Mike Duggan is pretty strong. Hey, one last question on the business front uh, with Larson Realty Group. Um, you and I have discussed this recently, but uh, you've sold all the units uh, at the uh, at the corner. Well, you, you know, you're nice to bring it up. It, it um, you know, when I started this uh, at the you know, board's request, uh, leading the downtown Detroit partnership after being on the board for. A number of years. Um, I didn't think I'd be doing this this long, and I'm I'm having such a good time. I'm doing it. So uh, my real estate has become um, uh, uh, you know not always the the focus of my of uh, these kinds of conversations. So thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, the corner has been incredible success. Um, uh, you know, both in terms of what I hope we delivered to Corktown, but also the way it's being received. The townhomes um, of which we had, you know, thirty four. Um, are all sold. Um, uh, we have, I should say, we have one model unit that we had had on hold uh, that is actually up for sale. But you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, they're they're sold. Um, the reception for a new uh, for purchase um, 1500 two car garage kind of um, uh, dwelling was very strong. Um, as I talked to many. Um, you know, in in our in our industry around Detroit, you know, the the the, the for sale um, single family home business is still very very strong. Austin Black, you know, is is having a record year, which is you know again I think telling in terms of how far the city has come. You know, the the apartments, the multi unit um, uh, also leased up very strong. Retail, Chad, I will tell you, has been a struggle. Um, we were able to secure three strong tenants, but are sort of stuck at that right now, just because of, you know, the, the environment we find ourselves in. And sure. so, um, while it, it's been a success, uh, you know, sort of overall, it hasn't been without its challenges. Um, I know we'll 
get through that. But, you know, I don't see just on the real estate side, I don't really see a lot of new retail leasing uh, being done until um, you know, more the middle to end of 2021. Um, there has to be more certainty. We have to figure out you know, what's happening with many of these existing stores and locations. Um, so I've got a significant amount of retail at the base of the corner that I don't expect. I mean, I could be pleasantly surprised, but I don't expect to have a lot of of activity on until we get a little bit further along in, in uh, coming out of this uh, out of this pandemic. But new construction residential still has a lot of demand, uh, especially single family. There's there's a couple more projects in, in the Corktown uh, area in the pipeline that, that seem to be moving along despite everything that's going on in the rest of the world. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, part of it, I think, is fueled by interest rates, obviously, especially on the on the the for sale, the the single family for sale or multifamily for sale, uh, you know, condo uh, product. Um, multifamily is definitely still very strong. Um, you know, the the office and the retail sectors are weak. Um, industrial continues to be very very strong, um, and I think we'll see that you know continue, especially because of the you know the nature of of access to to um, infrastructure and stuff that Detroit has. Um, so I think I think in general, the real estate, uh, you know, much of the real estate sectors are, are doing okay. We also, Chad, and we've talked about this, we didn't have the overbuilding that many of the other markets on the coast had. And so we aren't playing catch up to a lot of overbuilding. Uh, and so most of what we built was occupied uh, before new, construction started and that that mm-hmm. bodes very well in terms of us being able to not only weather but turn around and, and create some additional uh, investment opportunity but you're right investment um, you know just coming off of the the uh, most recent Detroit homecoming you know investment is still a major focus um, Jed Halbert's team who came out you know Jed left the mayor's office to yep to get into our business, just announced a $30 million fund. Um, so th- people are people are still bullish and, and in making investments in Detroit, which is great to see. Eric Larson, CEO of the Downtown Detroit Partnership. Thanks a lot for joining me here on the Detroit Rising Podcast. Anytime, Chad. I'm, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for you know all you do for the city. 2020 took a different path than we expected, but it definitely didn't slow our pace. Planet M has helped private and public entities work together to advance the future of mobility technology along a challenging course. Working together has been the key to staying on the right path. So whether you're just getting started or already an industry leader, Planet M is your connection to Michigan's mobility ecosystem and our future. If you're ready to make a move with your business, see how we can help at planetm.com pure partnership.